It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Access Atlanta. Every week, we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And, of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We've changed the way we do our podcast. That means we're recording it remotely from our homes, but we've also changed what we're talking about in the podcast, since we've always prided ourselves on providing guidance on things to do in and around Atlanta, and because most venues, theaters, and attractions are closed, we're going indoors, and in some cases where it's practical, outdoors to places where it's easy to practice social distancing. Turn on HLN anytime between 11 a.m. and 6 a.m., and it's a steady dose of true crime, mostly repeats of forensic files. But every weekday between 6 a.m. and 11 a.m. is a five-hour news block hosted by Robin Mead, a chipper Ohio native who recently celebrated 20 years on the air. Her on-air start date at HLN was certainly memorable, 9-11. But she overcame that emotionally taxing beginning to shape the show over time in her image, bright, breezy, vibrant, and no-nonsense. Rodney Ho recently spoke with me about her career, and he's here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Rodney. Hey, how's it going, Shane? All right. So, uh, Robin Mead, she's uh, been there for quite a long time, back from when it was Headline News, right? Yeah, it was uh, still called CNN Headline News back in 2001. Uh, People were still uh, checking out that uh, particular cable network just for quick headlines, but over time... Thanks to the internet and smartphones, uh, that became less of a need. I think uh, people were looking for more personality and um, you know a different type of news presentation. And over time, uh, you know, CNN headline news became HLN, and then they started focusing more on true crime. They got Nancy Grace. Then Nancy left in 2018. Uh, they pretty much dumped all their regular news operations during the day, except. For Robin Mead, uh, she was their one exception because she was just too darn popular. Well, I guess that uh, is a testament to uh, her popularity. Yeah, I mean, Robin is a fundamentally likable woman. I think people wake up in the morning and they just find her to be a comforting, positive presence. I mean, she has that knack to cover the light stuff and be breezy and and sweet and if there's a hard news story she can handle that as well uh it's uh, it's a 
difficult uh, balance, but uh, she pulls it off and um, people just like her. I mean, likability matters in this world, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because uh, the show itself is very simple. Uh, it's unadorned. Uh, there aren't a lot of fancy knickknacks to it. Uh, you know, she reads a lot of quick news stories and she uh, interacts with the meteorologist, the sports guy, the uh, business person, and, uh, you know, the pop culture person. And, uh, you know, that's all it is in that sense. But sometimes simple is good. Yeah. And, and unlike so much of, of CNN's uh operations uh, she has remained here in atlanta yeah it's interesting she has been here the whole time even though uh, in recent years uh most of the cnn folks uh have moved up to new york uh when jeff zucker took over in 2013 he moved carol costello and brooke baldwin up there and uh, there were rumors back in the day and i may have even reported it at the time that zucker wanted her to move to new york and she refused but interestingly, uh, when I asked her uh, during this interview, she said, no, that never happened. He never pressured her to leave. Um, she is perfectly happy to be ensconced in Atlanta. She's an Ohio girl, um, but, uh, you know, has been here a long time. And I, I think uh, for her, she said that this is very much, um, you know, a differentiator for her compared to the other morning shows, you know, Good Morning America, Today Show, uh, MSNBC's Morning Joe, Fox and Friends, they're all based in the same, as she said, 20 block area in Manhattan. And she is just in a different location, a different sensibility, a different feel. And I think the uh, viewers feel that, know that, understand that and like it. And it works for her. Yeah. Well, and she's also uh, sort of had uh, a sideline career too, as a musician, right? Well, it was more like a hobby, I'd say. Right. I, I don't think she ever uh, focused on turning that into a second career as a singer. Uh, she did, um, you know, write some songs and uh, release a couple CDs. And she does some shows here and there. I know she's done one in Vegas and she's done some in Nashville. And every year she does one uh, at Eddie's Attic uh, for Christmas. Um, obviously, she didn't do it last year because of COVID. And she is not planning to do one this year either for the same reason. I think she may do one in 2022, she said. Um, you know, our former colleague, Melissa Ruggieri, used to go to the concerts and really enjoyed her. Um, she's apparently a pretty decent musician. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she always seemed to really like that. She looked forward to it. I mean, the bottom line is Robin Mead is just a sweet woman. Um, it's funny how, you know, as a journalist, uh, you know, it's funny as I'm interviewing her during this uh, podcast and she kept turning the tables and asking me questions and I had to keep reversing it back to, hey, this is about you. It's not about me. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's great. Well, um, I guess, uh, well, is there anything else we should know before we uh, hear your conversation? You know, it seems like she's very happy where she is and the feeling appears to be mutual, I think, as long as she brings in the audience and she likes what she does. Uh, you know, Morning Express and uh, her hourly Good Morning Sunshine will continue every day, uh, Monday to Friday, uh, for the time being, uh, despite the fact that the rest of the network is still forensic file city yeah and the bottom line is i think if they ever oh if she ever leaves um i don't think they're going to replace her i think it'll just become 24 7 forensic files all right well great uh well uh thanks for bringing this to us rodney and uh let's hear from robin me this is rodney ho with the atlanta journal constitution i am here with robin mead she is the morning host on hln and she has celebrated 
I know it's scary to even come up with a number, Robin, 20 years. <laughs> Do we <laughs> want to bring this up? <laughs> has, that much, has that much time passed? Because I started pretty much at the AJC at the same time as you, almost Did exactly you really? the same day. I started on September 10th, 2001. Uh, what was your start date? September 11th, wow. 2001. I, oh my gosh, I did not realize that we were in sync that much. Weird. And I wanted to tell you congratulations on your, your podcast. Oh, well, thank you. It's it's not mine, but it's uh, it's the AJC. Um, okay. I don't do this every week. Uh, but but Robin, <laughs> uh, so purely coincidentally, uh, you started on a Tuesday. How, why did you start on a Tuesday and not on a Monday? You know, um, my actual first day was mm -hmm. like September 4th or something. And I had to do like onloading and you do computer training. Right. And, and that, that kind of thing, like standards and practices. And then my first day on the air happened to be that morning. Um, I don't know why it happened to be that morning, but it and was. You, I mean, you, you, the memory of that morning must be so sharp in many ways, but were you like, you must have been excited. I mean, irrelevant of the day it was, but just in terms of your career at that point, what was your thought process? It was still called, was it still called CNN Headline News at the time? What, what was happening at the time in 2001? Yeah, it was still called CNN Headline News. Um, and every now and then I would spot Ted Turner, even though I think, I, I, I don't think that he was necessarily- He wasn't um, anymore. He was still exactly, on the Exactly, exactly. So every now and then I would just kind of maybe see him visiting people. But it was that point in time where, for me, I think I was 32. Um, I was in Chicago working at a local station there and um, got the call about this possibility and thought, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for that. Nobody was ready for 9-11. Nobody in the world was ready for what our turn our lives were about to take. For me that day, um, I remember, you know, uh, going into the day and, and starting doing different stories and in my oh, yeah. brain apparently that was a day that michael jordan was going to come back to basketball i think that was like the big story that morning <laughs> wow how it changed and i remember um being able to explain it away to myself when the first plane hit you know oh sure um, we all did you, you, yeah you rationalize it you know it was oh something wrong with the control tower or or a horrible one-off and I just remember looking up and the reaction in the newsroom I was on a set that I could see veterans and people in the newsroom um, who'd been at HLN for many years and to see their reaction and hear the audible gasp when the second plane hit that's when I realized um, you know you thought you were ready for this but you step into a moment in time where you don't have control of anything. And I just automatically thought about the people in the building. And, and it was only later in the day that we started to get a grasp of, of what was going on. Um, I remember calling home to my mom and, and just saying, I, I'm okay, obviously I'm in Atlanta. And all these years later, I don't really like focusing on it in of terms of my not. experience. I, why would you? Yeah, I mean, why would yeah. anybody if they didn't have to? Sure. Well, I guess what I mean is I don't like to focus on, oh my gosh, it was, it was my first day on the air Yeah. Uh, because so what people like lived through this and lost loved ones and had yeah. to run down to, you know, lower Manhattan to see in person what was going on. So, uh, I mean, I was cities away, but it was just um, an unbelievable time to start. How about you? 
Oh yeah. I mean, it was the same for me in terms of just starting, you know, on, yeah, I, I had started that Monday and we had just done training. I didn't even have a computer. They had to set me up and it was just wild to, to, to be there. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was, it was a nutty day, but yeah, let, let's, let's get on to something a little more cheerful in terms of longevity here. Um, I mean, you, you came in, I'm sure like anybody, this was a job opportunity. I, I presume at the time you had no idea this would end up being like a really a career time for you, right? That you would spend 20 years, right? I'm sure nobody imagines that when they start a new job, right? No idea. I mean, that point in my career, um, like like a lot of people, your listeners may not may not understand or know that a lot of people in television news, you live contract to contract. Um, right. You know, the contracts are normally years long, but it is a start and a stop date. And you're not quite sure what your future is going to be um, as you look at that calendar. You hope it continues. The fact that it's continued for 20 years, I mean, in my wildest dreams, I had no idea. I am so grateful for that and, and the longevity. Now, I always joke um, that I, I can't believe I haven't been fired yet. Like I haven't said something wrong on the air and gotten fired or something. But I'm very grateful. That's and never happened to anybody. That. well and that's why I always say credit to a the only reason I'm here credit to the viewers for hanging out this long it is the most surreal experience when somebody says I've been watching you since junior high and they're like 30 now (laughs) but I'm grateful for that because I wouldn't (laughs) be here if it weren't for the viewers and number two the people behind the scene like you know news doesn't write itself in the middle of the night these are people who have far worse hours than I have. You know, oh, yeah, I they're prepping for you dirt. hours and hours. They have to give you hours of material right, to, to but, talk about. <laughs> yeah, news happens overnight, but it doesn't write itself overnight. And these are people who are parents and maybe they're still going to school as well, getting their master's or something. And here they are like getting up at 11 p.m. or midnight. So that it doesn't happen without the team. And then I also give credit to the bosses. You know, I've been in newsrooms before where with a wave of a hand, someone gets some rare idea in their mind and with a wave of a hand will change everything, including your job. Or you may not be there because there has been a turnstile of managers at at a station or a network. So even though I've gone through plenty of bosses and leadership, there has been a consistency and I'm grateful to those viewers for being uh, I'm those bosses for oh, being they, brave enough to let me be myself, right? Oh, absolutely. They, I, I mean, did they say that from day one, you know, just be Robin Mead and we'll figure it out from there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, the show evolved naturally when, when right. we first started, um, you know, the CNN headline news was um, it would pivot every 15 minutes. Do you remember the old logo? What was it? Wheel. Give yeah, us 15 they- minutes. We give you the uh, world or something right, like that. Right, right. Yeah. There was the wheel, right? <laughs> the, the wheel. Yes. So this morning show was a wheel and it still is a wheel, but it it was such a time in news that I, I didn't dare show um, uh, a lighthearted moment or really um, give a glimpse into my personality in terms of ups or downs. None of us felt that way. We all felt very concerned about the nation slowly over months and years the show just kind of evolved naturally and i think that makes for the best show when things happen naturally and someone doesn't go and now you should get up and change your jacket because that's what a news anchor does you know that's just so false that people sniff that right out but this show evolved um naturally one of the first things i remember evolving was 
the salute to the troops. Um, it happened naturally when I remember somebody from some, one of the branches of the military, this was by this time, people I think were deploying to Afghanistan, no, right. to Iraq. People were Iraq. deploying to Iraq. And I held up a mug. Well, you don't do that to the different branches of the service without creating a competition. And then you get other mugs. And then we realized, oh my gosh, we have a lot of military involved viewers here. So that's how we started to do a daily salute to the troops. And it wasn't about me saying something about the military. It was about the families of loved ones in the military saying today, I want to salute my loved one. Right now they're deployed or they're not deployed or they've been doing this. And can you believe that has, that has um, lived on all these years? We still do that every morning, every day. That's just an example I think of when something evolves naturally, how it, it, will have the potential for, for staying power. You know, something else that's been with me almost 20 years is Bob yes. Van Dillen, the weather meteorologist. Wow. He's been there 19 years. Can you believe that? That's insane. I know. I know. Yeah. 19 years. I say he's aged me and he says I aged him, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a solid team of people that, um, I, I don't like to jerk the view around. Right. So people during the morning, you have a routine. I have a routine, even at O Dark Thirty. Um, I get up. I want my coffee. I want to read into the news. Yeah. yeah what time do you, do you usually get there? Um, what is your arrival routine? Well, I get up at three. If um, I don't have to wash my hair, if I <laughs> if I wash my hair, it's a two forty five kind of day. Gotcha. Um, you know what the little dirty secret is of morning news anchors? You can tell if. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, my husband is calling. What is he doing? Um, doesn't he know I'm on the air with Rodney? Okay. Let <laughs> he me knows start you're off that the air. Well, he knows yeah. you're not on HLN right now. <laughs> yeah. Here's the dirty little secret of um, morning news anchors. I used to joke about this, that if our hair is down and, and kind of waved or whatever it may be, if it's down, it's clean. It's day one. Day two might be a ponytail. Day three, honey, is a side braid. Now it's been a long time since I did the side braid, but <laughs> that is your little cheat sheet to what's going on in your okay. local or your, your news anchor's life. All right. So it's three, at 3 a.m. you get up, what do you do? And what time do you have to be at, you know, at the office? Thanks to the world of iPads, there's not a certain time I have to be there as long as I am mentally prepared and, you know, my makeup's on and my brain's ready to go and ready to greet people. That's thanks to the world of iPads, right? Because you can study and you can right. look into the, the shows and talk with producers as we found during COVID um, mm -hmm. in, in a remote kind of way. What's fascinating yeah. is all these months later, somehow, uh, now I've been coming in the, the whole time um, during the pandemic in person, but so many of our producers and writers and, and um, longtime members of the team have been and still are working from home, which is amazing, amazing to live at this time of age. I get the picture of like, maybe there's a writer who is, um, you know, has a cat on his lap and is trying to focus on whatever he's going to be writing or the, the font that the viewer is going to see on the screen. And, and there they are at home. That's kind of amazing. The, uh, the, you always have done a solo show. Did, 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 was there ever a temptation to give you a partner or make it a two person or multi, you know, you have people around you, but it's still your show. You know, your name is in lights. Um, years and years ago, there was a trend where 
at all the CNN family of networks. So whether it was CNN or, you know, HLN or whatever, have what whatever network that you're talking about that was news, there was a trend where um, almost every show was a dual anchor. And exactly. our boss at the time um, stuck up for this format and said, no, this, this show works as it is. Um, she's surrounded by people who are experts in their own field and um, it, it's working right now. And it's, it's stayed that way the entire time. So you're not just getting, if you've never watched, if you're listening to Rodney right now and you've like never watched Morning Express, you're not just hearing my voice drone on and on and on. Like, no, you know, I get so, oh, thanks. I get so tired of myself. I get tired of myself talking by the end of four live hours of news, but we have experts um, anchors who are experts in their own field. Like the, the weather person is expert. The money anchor is an expert. The um, person who does entertainment is an expert sports. You know, these are people who aren't playing a part. They know their stuff. And so it's not like, it's just me. There is a team. Yeah. The um, well, maybe I'm the person that spins the plate in the three wing circus. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did the, uh, of course, uh, Good morning, sunshine is your is your catchphrase. Where did that come from? What's the origins of that? Oh, you're so sweet to ask. You know what? My well, I'm sure dad. I've asked it before. I, I just don't even remember now. I'm sure yeah. I asked it at some point in the past. <laughs> yeah, like when the when the show begins, every hour at the top of the hour, I'll normally say morning sunshine and really mean it. And it's not just something that I just fall back on. And for me, it comes from my dad. Ronnie, my dad would um, give you one chance to get up, and it was cheerful. And it was, you know, time to get up for school, morning sunshine, and usually the clapping of the hands. All right, kids, let's get up. Let's get going. Now, he had to come back for the second morning sunshine. It wasn't quite as sunny. So you knew, let's not lag. The bus is coming. You get up and at it. So it was a normal way to start the day. And, you know, it gives a feeling of warmth. And, and that's what I hope that it conveys to, to viewers a lot of. Um, through the years, people will go, who is Morning Sunshine? Who are you talking to? And I'll always say, you, you. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. How many people, how often during the day do people yell that to you? <laughs> Even in the afternoon <laughs> or the evening? Well, I'll tell you what, behind the scenes of, of my poor husband who, you know, has uh, put up with me for years and years, we've been married, is it 27 years now? I think it is. Holy cow. Um, like, you know, if we'll have- Congratulations. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, credit to him. If I, you know, if a couple that long into marriage, we'll have discussions, we'll say, right? Yes. And if I really get bent out of shape, he'll say, morning sunshine, my butt. Yeah, that's not morning sunshine. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you call me on it. I'm oh, not saying I'm morning sunshine all the time. <laughs> well, no, you would not be human if you were always that chipper, right? That I mean, you, how do you block out? Like, if you're having a bad day, I mean, how do you block that? It does work. Just it doesn't matter what's going on in your personal life. You can still, you know, turn on the sunshine mode <laughs> for the show. Well, you know what? Um, I I feel a responsibility to the viewer that it's about their emotion and, and their day. And I'll tell you, you know, viewers can go anywhere and just read information. Why do they tune into us? And I, I really believe uh, that it's because they tune in for a feeling. So not only is it my job, I feel to get 
the information right, but I need to get you feeling like you want to take on the day. You're half awake, half naked, you know, trying to caffeinate yourself. you got the kids going out the door. Are they on time? you got the lunch. Right. Oh a lot of people gosh. are just half listening to you or half watching you, right? They're running around and you know that they're not just staring at the screen, right? It's, oh my gosh. The hectic morning routine, right? It's not like they're so watching Game of Thrones, right? They're, they're watching you in a different <laughs> way. <laughs> well, I don't want someone to, you know, give me two minutes and they're watching the news and go, oh, just screw it. This, this is so sad. The world's right. going to hell in a handbasket. I'm going back to bed. Now I can't censor the news, but right. I think we're very choosy about how we present it. Do you need to know that someone was stabbed? Maybe. Do you need to know that they were stabbed 27 times and the knife was twisted? No, not at that hour in the morning. No. And so that's my um, self-appointed role as emotional guardian for the morning viewer. And what if something really bad had happened the day before? I mean, what if there had been a massive school shooting or, or a big disaster? Yeah. And there have been over the years. I mean, you've had Katrina, you've had, you, know, you name it, you know, every yeah. bad thing has happened under your watch. Um, what do you, how do you deal with it emotionally in the morning to keep everybody from, like you said, just wanting to crawl back into bed? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's no, you know, there's no um, falsifying the news. So the news is the news. Right. And I, I look at it as a, how can I walk you through this um, in a human way so that you know that you're being heard, understood, and that we all feel what you're feeling this morning. It's more of a, an approach of, I'm not going to talk to you. How about I talk with you, even when it's uncomfortable? And I'm not here to shame you. I'm, I'm here to move through this day together. Um, one of my hardest stories you know, after 9-11, that still, still sticks in my brain because it was really tough to um, talk about. And um, I remember going to the lake that weekend after this story and just listening to music and, and letting it all out, just crying. And that was the Parkland school shooting. It was so horrible. And, and then on top of that, we had the Route 30 Music Festival, I think it was called, shooting in Vegas. Yes. And it, it just all came in a very close period of time it felt like and um and and those were some of the the hardest stories to get through but I knew we must persevere we must go together and so what was I going to do and and that is to find the connection with people and and um also in a separate... I, mean, the, I presume the writers understand your voice right I mean do you sometimes go off the teleprompter sometimes and just say something oh off? you bet yeah. You bet. You bet. My executive producer is sitting here laughing right now <laughs> because she, she knows I go off the teleprompter, but I mean that, that I, I feel like that's the nature of experience as well. Oh um, yeah. I can you know, someone can't that. guess what I'm going to say. And it, it is a four hour show that's live. So um, I may get through the first hour, but I've got to be in the present moment. So I ne may not necessarily see the exact wording of something that's coming up. But um, after you've been doing this long enough, you can edit on the fly so that, you know, the word choices is more in understanding, I think, of the viewer and, and what they expect them and more the, what I would say. And, and uh, I presume the writers don't take it personally when you switch things around. At this I point. hope not. <laughs> <laughs> can't I be too wedded. Yeah, maybe when when somebody is right out of college, I remember feeling that ownership too. And, and there's a nice line between ownership and then um, a creative process together. But I hope nobody's offended. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? If somebody, 
is just a reader. I don't know. I wouldn't be attracted to that as a viewer. I, I want to know that, you know, your stuff and, and you're walking me through the day and hey, that's live news. HLN has gone through its own evolution outside of your hours. You know, they've tried other news shows. They, they pivoted and recent, more recent years, they've pivoted to crime. Uh, but your show seems to be like this oasis in HLN. It's, it's like a, a, a legacy of the original concept of HLN. It's still, you're, you're still there. Um, and it seems oh, thank like, you. and it seems like you're the reason they're still there. They probably would run 24 seven crime without you. That's my impression. I could be wrong. But well, uh, the moment I say that is the moment I'll be fired. You can't, I don't want to jinx you. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean is you can't look at yourself and go, oh, I'm, I'm the reason that um, this show is continuing. No, no way. Everyone but, is dispensable, as I say. You can't is, think that self your butt. But yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, but, you know, there's something about the habits of mornings, right? It's why the Today Show, Good Morning America, it's why these shows, Fox and Friends, they all do so well, right? There's a, a habit and you have created a habit for millions of people they've just you know they won't watch you know what i am i am so grateful to become people's habit and so i'm really defensive of the viewer in that um (laughs) i i don't know now there's one thing to be stagnant and stale there's another thing just to be whiplashing people around and changing for change sake on a morning show like you don't want to do that i feel like you know once people are have made you their habit don't don't jerk them around so you know this this show is still fresh and it's new every day but you won't see like oh and then today we're gonna make this up and see if you like it you know yeah. like if i don't know what's By your, way, what's have your you ever tried uh, did you ever try something so weird and radical and then dumped it immediately because you realize that's really not part of the show or have you ever tried anything you felt like didn't quite fit even though it seemed like a good idea at the time I'm, I'm trying to think of something. I, I might have to get back with you on that one. Oh, really? I might, I may have to. <laughs> nothing too bad, I some, guess. Yeah, somebody may remember something. What's your morning routine? So, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think I have one that that's all that exciting. I mean, I, I, I don't think I watch the same thing every morning. So, I, I think it's because. Well, that's kind of uh, your job. I think yeah. it's part of my job is I switch around. It's almost like almost out of habit for me not to watch the same thing every day to get my drift. Yeah. Because it, it just, you know, you know with, with that, long, that's my job. It's not because, you know, if I was more, yeah. I might just watch one thing like a lot of people, but that's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to share with you that um, when, when I hit the 20 year mark, which was just a couple of weeks ago yeah. here and, and the network did a surprise show. I don't know. I saw the this, hometown they, that they did a hometown visit, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, here they've gone to my tiny little in town in Cornfield, Ohio. I mean, I call it that, but Cornfield, in the middle of a cornfield, they'd gone there like a month early and interviewed people. They had my parents there, a marching band. I had no idea. And so on that that particular day, um, one of my friends who was a songwriter texted me saying, congrats to you. And I thought the way that this person described it was so spot on. His name was Craig Wiseman. He is such a hit songwriter that on Wikipedia, he has so many hit songs that they have to um, alphabetize them. If you go and look, maybe one of the biggest ones is Live Like You Were Dying by Tim McGraw, right? Oh my gosh. Wow. He did that song. Amazing. He did that song and just an amazing songwriter. But the way I was like, leave it to you. You are such a songwriter to describe what it is to be 
um, have longevity on the air. He wrote, congrats to you. I know the news game is a whiplash world of musical chairs set to speed metal. <laughs> That's a great line. I was like, wow, um, I'm going to put that in the back of my head. That is a beautiful way to describe what it can feel like sometimes and why I'm um, just eternally grateful to the viewer to be able to continue to do this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Without the viewers, you would, yeah, you'd be doing something else right now. <laughs> no doubt about it, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you have stayed also in Atlanta the whole time. There are always those talk that, you know, Jeff Zucker tried to get you up to New York, and but you like it here and you managed to stay here. And it's funny that HLN ended up having pretty much all its opera, you know, all, you know, they pretty much run everything out of Atlanta now, right? <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't ever see, uh, I don't see, a future where there is not CNN in Atlanta. I know that's people are always concerned about that. They are um, yeah, paranoid. And, <laughs> and I've also read stories like that allegedly someone's asked me to go to New York and I've said no. I can I can say is that not true. That <laughs> is not BS. true. Okay, that's BS. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've never been asked. Um, and maybe that's because and and I'm, and I don't feel a need to to go to New York. Um, I one of the things that I like about the connection with the viewer is. We are one of the very few shows that doesn't come out of a 12 block area in Manhattan. Now there's nothing wrong with those shows that come out of no, a 12 block area, no. but there is a bit of different sensibility. Um, like I understand the person who has to drive to work or gets caught in the traffic or gets behind the, the combine in small town America. And that was their traffic uh, <laughs> for the morning. Like I, I understand that. And I think that even if I don't say it, there is um, an energy understanding uh, that I'm not coming out of a thing 12 block area that the other shows are. And you know, when it comes to differentiation, you want differentiation. Oh, absolutely. From other shows. And I think that's one of the things. Yeah. All right. One of the most popular stories I ever did, weirdly enough, was the famous bathroom story. <laughs> Dun, dun, no. dun. Uh, I, I need a flush right now. Yeah, yeah, re recount the bathroom story because it became so, I don't know, it's just random that this story became so popular. Hey, like, I was really grateful to you, Rodney, though, because you were the only person who reached out to ask, what is the story on this new bathroom um, in your wing of the CNN Center? And it had been in another um, major newspaper had written it something like, um, headline news anchor gets a hundred thousand dollar loo private bathroom while other parts of the country are slashing jobs. Um, there uh, was what a lovely way to frame it, right? Yeah, something like because <laughs> I, yeah, so no, that wasn't the case at all. They were building um, a small bathroom next to the studio because one didn't exist. And the studio was a long way from the bathroom. There were many shows coming out of this studio. Uh, on a four-hour show, I would sometimes miss slot during a bathroom break because I'd be tethered to the anchor desk, but then be like, I got I to go and, and not be back on time. And that would impact air. So what, what is the logical answer? Either I wear a diaper or we're going to build a bathroom close to right. the set. Some of the paperwork got out and then um, it, was, it was used kind of as a, hey, a great headline. But you were the only person, Rodney, who asked for the clarification and and got it right and i was so grateful because um otherwise well, it, it, didn't, have... it didn't it didn't make any sense to me i'm like because that's not robin asking you know you, you don't yeah 
seem like the type who create who does diva like behavior. Like it didn't make any sense to yeah. me. It's I want like, diamonds in the toilet bowl. <laughs> <laughs> what? This girl from Ohio? Come on, get rid of I know. It's like make sure you have caviar in there for me. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I yeah. want to thank you. But that's funny that that is one of your most clicked on stories. It, it, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird what 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 is popular <laughs> in this world, right? So I think people find it interesting to think like, what does Robin do? Because she seems like she's tethered to that desk. Uh, you know, I think you had like a, how many seconds can you get back and forth with that new bathroom? What was the what what what's the uh, we did now. have a time like we did have a time for like a case study and, right. and I did have to run to the old one and and time it and then run to the new one <laughs> I don't remember what the seconds were um but I uh you know I had to factor in washing of the hands <laughs> I'm right now you're in a bigger studio now right are you in the main main studio now so that, yeah that, that was the same one that was the same oh, okay one. At, oh, at that time studio yeah. seven what's the number of the studio I remember there's a name for the yeah studio. this one is studio seven still yeah. Yeah. As, as well. Yeah. And when they were doing CNN tours, I guess you were like the most popular draw, right? I, I, I don't know if there's, are they doing CNN tours again or they, they've stopped that? You know, it, because of the, the COVID, pandemic, yeah. those did cease and that they have not uh, jumped they've back not up. Oh, they have not started again. Do you miss seeing people walking by every so often, <laughs> every few minutes? Yeah, you know what? It is a nice reminder to, to meet viewers um, of, of why I get up early and why I do this job and their viewpoint and the things that stick in their mind. And um, everybody that comes through on the tour and when they resume, um, I look forward to them. I do ask, what time do you get up? And then I will think about that person the next morning. Like maybe they're a 7 a.m. Eastern viewer. Maybe they're an 8 a.m. Eastern viewer. And I'll just think about what it was that brought them to the tube that day. So are they someone who gets the kids on the bus and then comes back? Mm -hmm. Or are they, I'm half dressed, I'm listening to you as I'm shower. Uh, are they that person? But it's just a nice way to remain um, connected on an energetic level with the reason that you're doing the job. Oh yeah, I figured you you probably enjoy doing, you know, they had VIP tours, right? Where they got to meet you, yeah, one-on-one -on -one and you get to talk to them. So that's actually, yeah, I figured you would enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. It's almost like a built-in little test audience right there. Last question, Robin, it's about your music. Um, I know you've done a lot of music over the years. H how does that, you know, how does that help you in terms of your work, you know, being a creative person off air? How does that help you, you know, on the air? Yeah. You know what? Um, years ago when I, when I did put out the two albums, I was doing more writing. It is, I, I look at it as a form of journalism because in general, when you're writing songs, you are writing somebody's story or somebody's viewpoint, whether it's your own or if it's a story song. I, I would say it's like musical journalism. And, and that way, I felt like it was so allied to what I already did every day. During the pandemic, I felt um, I, I love the stories of musicians who've put out like three albums, like they wrote three Taylor albums during Swift, that yeah. time <laughs> because they were touring and stuff. I have to say that the, the nature of my job and, and me coming here and, and keeping up during the pandemic, it, it's been a little bit more demanding because of the pandemic. And so I haven't, I haven't dabbled back into songwriting um, during this time, but I, I do every year still do um, like a Christmas concert at Eddie's Attic. You know what, this year I had it scheduled. I have postponed it and, and not reset the date only because it's, such an intimate, beautiful space. And I didn't know if we'd be ready yet to, um, 
you know, sit in each other's faces and, <laughs> and sing, eat, drink. <laughs> and so um, for this year's Christmas show, the annual Christmas show, I postponed it. Who knows? Maybe it'll end up being an Easter show. And I say oh, sure. looking forward in a positive way to the end of the pandemic, you hope. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Robin. Uh, congratulations again on, um, uh, again, two decades. Um, it went by like in a, in a snap of a finger, right? <laughs> you too. Okay. Now I did just see that you went to the Yacht Rock Review at Chastain this summer. I did. And so let's try to think your career, which is the same year, 20 years, any of those Yacht Rock songs would, would fit and be a great theme for you that you heard. I, I, I'm a nostalgia buff, so something like reminiscing, because I I, I, I I do love the past, <gasps> and, and that's why. That's I, good. I know. It's a little, little it's, river band. <laughs> okay, you know what? If the folks at home don't know it, we'll sing it together, okay? <laughs> da, da, bum, bum, da, bum. Right, that song? Oh, that's right. That's Friday right. night I was late, I was walking you home, you got down to the gate, and, and I, I was dreaming, dreaming of the night. night. Yep, that's the Would one. Turn out right. <laughs> reminiscing yep <laughs> you go Rodney all right well thank you again Robin and um you know we'll, we'll hopefully meet up in person at some point I, I know this probably would have been more idyllic if we had done it face to face but yeah we got to do shall. what we got to do right now <laughs> we shall thanks to your listeners thanks to the viewers without them I don't have this job so Absolutely. eternally grateful all right thank you Robin bye bye the Alliance Theater's hands up a series of testaments written by seven black playwrights on a theme of what it means to be black in America, was initially commissioned and developed under the auspices of the New Black Fest in response to the fatal shooting of teenager Michael Brown in 2014 in Ferguson, Missouri. As with most anthologies, of course, some of the individual segments are better conceived or more profoundly implemented than others, but the overall dramatic effect of the show, mounted in partnership with Spelman College, is suitably overwhelming. Working with an ensemble of nine capable actors and an innovative group of designers, the production is vividly staged by co-directors Keith Arthur Bolden and Alexis K. Woodard. The show continues through October 31st. Read the rest of our review on AJC.com. The Georgia Film Office provides a live, ever-changing list of active film and TV productions, but it is not necessarily complete because production companies voluntarily inform the Georgia Film Office of what is happening. They are not obligated to do so. And if a company requests the production stay off the list, the Film Office will do so. Rodney Ho gives us a monthly rundown of those Georgia productions, including some that aren't on the Film Office list, at AJC.com. For the first time in a decade, Coldplay is coming to Atlanta, this time at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday, June 11, 2022, and they are touting this arena tour as sustainable and low-carbon. How? According to a press release, the British band aims to power each show entirely by renewable, super-low-emission energy that includes installing solar panels at each venue, kinetic stadium floor and kinetic bikes powered by fans, and transporting around a mobile, rechargeable show battery to store the energy. Find out more about the tour and how to get tickets on AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. 
The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.